decided. It was still early, and somehow he would have to pass the rest of the evening, for he had slept most of the day. He had had this woman, quietly and quickly, and because he made no more of it than it was, the woman liked him. She tried to communicate her own loneliness and even a haggard femininity. He had listened politely, but now his silence had defeated her, and she would go. Hasta luego, hombre, the woman murmured. She was still searching his face like someone awaiting word. Hasta luego, he said. So long as he kept moving, he would be all right. For men like himself, the ends of the earth had this great allure, that one was never asked about a past or future, but could live as freely as an animal, close to the gut, and day by day by day. Chapter 1 At four miles above sea level, Martin Quarrier, on silver wings, was pierced by celestial light. To fall from such a height, he thought, would be like entering heaven from above. The snow peaks of the Andes burst from clouds which hid the earth, sparkling in the sun like gates of paradise, and the blue dome of the mountain sky was as pure as the Lord's pain. Where the clouds parted, it was true, dark lakes reflected wild, demonic gleams. But the red roofs of the villages on the lone road traversing the Sierra were signals of sane harmonies, goodwill to men. Quarrier, at his window on the firmament, could barely restrain a warble of pure joy. Instead, he whistled tunelessly and hummed until his wife in the seat behind him told him that he sounded like a kettle. He stroked the head of his little boy, whose nose was pressed into the fog made by their breaths upon the glass. The snowfields had scarcely passed from view when Billy Quarrier first thought he saw wild Indians and jaguars and anacondas. Look, look, Pa, right down there. Where does he come by such outlandish notions? Martin turned around and gazed affectionately at his big wife. His wife amused him. Her pale face looked lie-scrubbed, and a sour expression camouflaged native handsomeness, as if this character, like her humor, was something to be suppressed. To cheer her he made his joke about a heavenly descent, and laughed when she would not laugh. He said, Now, sweetheart, there are jaguars and anacondas here. That's all. Kneeling on his seat, hands resting on its top, he loomed above her, anxious to interest her in all the information with which he had prepared himself. But she was not an easy person to reach out to, and he drew back a little when her hand dropped out of habit to tug down the hem of her dress. 
Many of these tribes consider the anaconda their ancestor, he said. They think their shaman is a jaguar. I mean, that he can become a jaguar at night. Hazel shifted fretfully. Look at him kneeling on his seat. Why does he kneel like that? Shamans, she said. That's why the Lord has sent us here, to rescue these poor heathens from such darkness. When he smiled vaguely, turning away, she said, You shouldn't have filled your own head with such fiddle-faddle, let alone an innocent child. All he can think about are savages and these awful snakes and jungle animals. She tried to smile at him to show that she was not quite serious, but she couldn't. The airplane had made her feel much too upset.